welcome back to Fold in the Cheese. It is your boy, K-Troll, on the mic today. And if you're watching the live-action footage on YouTube, you're seeing there's also J-Troll to my left, screen right. And we are joined, as always, by the true Jay billis of the crew, Ethan Gelfand. What is up, E? I want to give myself a Jim Nance, but I guess we did him in football, so that's fine. So we does did. that mean J-Troll is also on the mic? J-Troll like, is on the mic. Oh, oh, it's wow. a hot mic. Yeah, wow. hot mic in here. Wow. We are crammed into this makeshift office, and uh, yes. it's about to get hot and spicy up in here in March Madness. <laughs> in Mar- yeah, in March Madness term. Is this going to have an explicit again. on this episode, yeah. or what was going on this here? Is I, don't, child I don't know. Approved, child-friendly uh, terminology <laughs> in here. No, we, we have a special episode. First off, you didn't even scoff at the fact that I made you a dookie. You're just like, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. Jay Bill is pretty smart. You know Come what? On. At this point, he's well. He's way too well respected that I'm like, you know what? I can't hate him for the fact that he went to Duke. I like the guy, and I'm not gonna lie. And we've told the story. I think I don't know if we told it on air, but Duke has risen like a half step for me just because I now have a connection, slight connection to them. So True. It, they've risen a half step. True. Duke so, sucks for life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm with I have to say about that. I'm with Jamie. Duke sucks for life on this uh, side of the camera. You- you do say that, but you were the first, once the bracket came out, you were the first to text our, our friend chain and say, you know, uh, what, I, I do hate Duke, but they kind of got screwed that they only got a five seed. So They did. Damn. Let's be honest. They did. They were postseason. At the end of the season, they're ranked 12th, and they end up as a five seed. Behind Tennessee, behind, who else was I fired up? Kansas State. I was like, <laughs> who else was I fired Why are these teams ahead of Duke right now? They won the ACC tournament. They've been hot recently. I think that's kind of a ripoff, but um, alas, we'll save that analysis for later uh, in the show they did here. have a bad loss to Wake Forest, just saying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Fair. Go Wake Forest. And so I'm rocking Wake Forest. Speaking of which, this is a throwback. CP3, Chris Paul, Wake Forest. Uh, I was going to say class of 2005, but did not graduate <laughs> in 2005. Graduate. Left in 2005 to go pro five. for a Hall of Fame career. Um, J Troll over here is rocking CP3 in the pros with the Los Angeles Clippers, mm-hmm. nice. as you will see. So we're double CP3 on this side of the cam. Ethan, you've got I got a different three, another three D Wade, and that's in, in, in honor of Marquette pulling a two seed this year. Yes, with uh, I was gonna drop this bomb on Jamie later because I don't think she knows this with head coach Shaka Smart. Shaka. That's right. Shaka. Shaka's coaching Marquette. <laughs> and her whole all of her data analysis just blew up in her head. Right? I know. Yeah, I didn't I didn't factor Shaka in. Her Shaka crumbling. Uh well fun when I was a freshman, shoot Jamie, you were a sophomore. Uh that's when Josh Howard was a senior at Wake, and obviously we had a great run that year. I explicitly remember in the um we played Marquette and Josh Howard and Dwayne Wade just battled it out. They each dropped like 30. It was spectacular. And Dwayne Wade had one of the epic performances in the tournament that year. So he was always a player I loved to watch. And even though he wasn't a Celtic and we had some big battles with him in the pros, I always loved his game just because he wasn't like a flashy shooter. He was athletic. He could get the rim, rebound. I loved his game and I loved him. So got to rep him. I love how you just had to work in there that I'm older than you, though. (laughs) Yep. And you, had to age vicariously, you were a sophomore. Yeah. I was a, a lot older than you. Vicariously, <laughs> much older than me. Um, we're also joined, as as we often are, by our boy Skip Prosser, RIP forever. Skip, there gotta love is. him. Ethan's got him going there too. So that's our boy. He's gonna be he's gonna be telling us if we had a good call or a bad call. <laughs> Just always. And the reason Jay Troll is on the mic today is 
as you well know, Ethan and I have come up with a foolproof way to win your bracket. However, that is being challenged this year by data nerd extraordinaire, Jay Troll. She has spent a lot of time coming up with the perfect analysis for your brackets. And I want her to tell you a little bit about her method and um, the madness behind it the as madness. well. And then we'll get into whose is better. Well, this is really the test because what I really wanted to do was figure out, I know nothing about basketball. So can I make <laughs> up for my lack of knowledge about college basketball? I won't say nothing. I won't say no- no, nothing, but know, it pretty much yeah, ends you like, something. like, You've been a fan like 20 years time. ago. Like I can drop some names on you these yep. days. I don't know. But I wanted to see if I could make up for my lack of, of expertise in that area with just my expertise in the data analysis area. So I may or may not have been up until like two o'clock in the morning <laughs> last night like, working on this, perfecting it. You're like, Ethan and Temper are ever. recording tomorrow. I need to stay up and just crush them. And I didn't even know we were recording. I, we, I think we just <laughs> decided even, yeah. I was going to be on here. I just wanted to do it. God knows she put in enough work. She deserves to be on the podcast. It's with 100% procrastination. I will be honest with that. But I feel like this was worth it. If I can, if I can somehow manage to use this data to beat this one right here, then <laughs> it, it's all worth it. <laughs> but did you know, like the the return on that is he's gonna, you know, break a lot of stuff in your house. So you gotta, you gotta weigh it. You gotta weigh Probably that. it will cost now you money in the in the uh, form of broken materials. It's <laughs> worth it. Like you're never you're never gonna get me on a fantasy football podcast. That's not my thing. But you start talking about brackets, like I can I can show up and talk about brackets. I, Give me a I like it. We'll crush it. <laughs> yeah, she's got beautiful mind spreadsheet action going on. So here, here are some key differences between the two models here. Last year, Ethan and I did a huge data dump as well, and we dove into things like seeding and preseason rankings and end of season rankings and historical trends and conferences and what happens when teams get to the final four. What's the likelihood of them actually taking home the trophy? Um, Jamie's analysis, I thought, was actually very worthwhile and interesting. She's coming through actual statistics. So she's coming through full NCAA. Where does where does each team who made the tournament stack up to every other team in the country on things like field goal percentage, free throw percentage, turnovers, assists, rebounds, whatever, and strength of schedule, things like that. So there's a lot more actual statistical data in hers, whereas ours is historical data based on trends of seeding and things like that. Yes, Ethan, I see the question over there from Dwayne Wade. Yes. So Jamie, just quick for you. You know, so when you're doing all this this data analysis, is it kind of like okay? So you know our segment in fantasy football, blind resumes, where we give mm-hmm. each other stats for players, and you'd see like who would you take, and a lot of the times it's the lesser known guys as opposed to your big name guys. So yep. with this stat, you know, with your analysis, is it it's the same kind of sense where it's like a blind resume? So like, look at this team, like they have they, as a team they shoot eighty percent from the line, thirty eight from three, fifty two overall versus you know X, and it could be right state versus you know, Kansas. Is that how you kind of looked at it? Yep, exactly. It's fully, there's no like uh, opinion. There is, it is all completely data-based. So what I first did was come up with figuring out like, okay, what are the stats that are important? So you have to kind of dig into, I had 15 years of data that I pulled in on all the teams that were in the tournament. I was doing some fancy pivot tables uh, to kind of summarize the data to figure out... Pivoting. All I know is the basketball term of I'm pivoting. You, That's it's important. If you want to win, do you want to win? You would like to win. So so I, I just combed through all the data to find out like, okay, what are the stats that actually, not just using my own, you know, well, I would guess that this stat, I actually went in and picked the ones that showed to have based on how far the team actually made it in 
the tournament the biggest impact looking back okay. now of course like you know past performance not always indicative of the future but you can you can kind of garner quite a bit from looking at it that way and then i made my own kind of composite score basically based off of that and applied it to the teams that are in this year and then wow. i just pressed like sort by rank so i wasn't <laughs> even looking at them i just sorted it to see like okay here's who who it is and then I went into my bracket and each time, you know, I, I looked at the two different teams that were playing yep. against each other and I just picked the one that had the higher composite score. So there was absolutely no judgment whatsoever, except for the fact that I did maybe change my algorithm a tiny, tiny bit because um, I wanted Duke to lose. I made one small tweak so I get, could get them to lose a little bit earlier. But other than that, it was totally un, un uh, judgment based. <laughs> I hope you have three 16 seeds with those blind resumes. I just, I just hope so bad. Uh, no. Real quick, funny when you said like when you did your spreadsheets and you hit sort, it made me think of that Office episode where Michael and like Pam are looking at their their numbers when they had their Michael Scott paper company. It's like, all right, crunch the numbers again. Because like we're in the red, so and the crunch them, yeah. <laughs> crunch them again. Right. That's not no, it. Crunch red. it again. <laughs> no, you, yeah. crunch, you crunched all the numbers. I like it. So mm -hmm. she did give different weights to different statistics. So that that does okay. play an impact here. It's not just an aggregate of all the stats that are out there, but um, it's interesting the formula she's come up with, and the and the teams are not like unknown teams, and this her yeah. bracket's not going to look goofy. It's not going to be a bunch of fifteens in the final four or anything crazy. Uh, there are still some good upsets though, but that's March Madness, so. Uh, she's either absolutely nailed it or is completely way off and no and has no bearing on what's going to happen. We'll here. see. We'll see. We'll know soon enough. We will know soon enough. <laughs> In fact, the first play-in games start tonight. The first tonight. four starts tonight. So let's fire this thing up. Um, why don't we start with a couple of last year's savory 16 keys to tournament success. Ethan and I came up with 16 for you. Keys to tournament success. We're going to go through a few of these. Then we'll jump over to Jamie and let her kind of give some of her data. And then in the end, I'll give you a profile of a champion and a profile of a runner-up. I'll give you some examples. Jamie will do the same. Give us her final four. We'll Love see what, what works out best, all right? Love it. Okay. Number one, we talked a lot about the play-in games, and they're, in fact, starting tonight. So um, we found that in the last seven or eight years since they've been doing this, almost every single year, a play-in team has won not just their play-in game, but also a first-round game. So the first key to tournament success, pick one and only one play-in team to win a first-round game as well. This yes. needs to be an 11 seed, because now they do 11s and 16s. 16 has not played in and won. Well, they alternate between like 11s, 12s, but then also 16s, yes. So yeah, as Kemper said, they've been doing it since 2011. And honestly, well, not honestly, so this was my area of expertise. I went in, dove back, looked every tournament since 11 up until now to see the trends for the playing games. And every year, a team that has won in the first four then will advance to the round of 32. Except there was only one year that did not happen. That was 2019. But every other year, you had a team advance to at least the round of 62. So in 2011, the first year they did the final, uh, the first four, they made it all the way to the final four. And that was Butler. <laughs> or excuse me, that was USC. USC lost to Butler. Uh, so, I mean, that was a huge run. Yeah. Uh, in 2012, we had uh, who was 2012? I can't VCU see went first four to final four, I think, or, or George Mason, one of those two teams. Oh, sorry, I can't read my own spreadsheet. Four. It was VCU, correct? Sorry, VCU yeah, lost VCU. in the final four. Uh, yep. They lost. USC lost to VCU in the first four. Uh, in yep. 2012, it was University of Southern Florida who made it to the third round, so the Sweet 16, where they lost to 13 seeded Ohio State. In 2013, uh, we had LaSalle, who was a 13 seed 
go all the way to the Sweet 16, where they lost to Wichita State. Uh, so then 2014, we had 11 seeded Tennessee. They made it to the Sweet 16 as well, where they lost to the two seed. Uh, 15, 2015, 11 seeded Dayton made it to the round, uh, the second round, uh, where they lost to the third seed. 2016, we saw Wichita State. So again, it's these kind of mid-major schools that are getting in. They're just happy to be there, and they're just kind of riding that that wave. 2017, we had a bigger name, USC. Uh, they upset number six seeded SMU. Uh, 2018, once again, it was another big name. Syracuse was in the first four, and they made it all the way to the Sweet 16, where they lost to Jamie's favorite Duke. Uh, 2019, as we mentioned, was the one year there was no winner advancing. Uh, 2021, this was a big one as well, where UC, because again, 2020, no COVID tournament. No tournament. Uh, yep. 2021, UCLA made it all the way to the Final Four, where they lost to the one seed Gonzaga. And then last year, of course, we had Notre Dame making it to the second round, where they uh, lost to the third seeded Texas Tech Red Raiders. That's so, right. So I mean, there's a lot of success. You got to pick. You got to pick at least one. So this year, I think the hot name might be Pitt. I don't want to give anybody saying anything, but Pitt seems yep. to be a hot one. I like Pitt and I like Nevada. I like both those teams, but they um, they got to win their first four games first. And so things might change if Mississippi State wins. I'm not sure. I feel as strongly about that. If Nevada loses, I'm afraid of their playing. I'm going to look it up. But if they lose their first TCU. round game, Nevada's playing TCU. Well, that's in the second round, but their their playing game is oh, against Arizona me. State. That's right. Yeah, I feel yeah. confident they're going to beat Arizona State. Arizona State has been backsliding into the tournament here. Uh, but if Nevada wins that game, look out TCU. Oh, I know you say just one, but this is where the data would tell you. <laughs> Two. I actually think both of those are good picks. I have Nevada and Pitt winning in All the right. round after the plans. Yep. I mean, we just yeah. minimum minimum we'll of see, one. This will be the first the first. Uh, the first discrepancy. Yeah. In fact, it, I don't think that's ever happened. I think, or maybe it's I'm very rare because we've it. said pick one and only one of these teams. To win. Yes, there's so. been no time where two first four teams have won. Okay, so here it is. Let's see. Already got All an right. upset alert. Okay, I love it. I love <laughs> it. Number two, and we'll get to this in more detail later. But the champion needs to be a preseason top ten and final rankings top ten. That is that really narrows it down. There's only about five teams that even fit that bill, and so you got to go back and look back at the preseason top ten. You got to look at the final top 10. Final top 10 is usually just going to be your top two or three seeds, basically. So, so that's going to be quick, historically very strong indicator. Yes. Yeah, so real quick, fun fact about history that was made this year. So do you remember who was preseason number one this year? Um, yes. And they, the North Carolina. It was the Zags. North Carolina. No, it's North Carolina. They were the preseason what? number one team. And they're the first team in NCAA not history even make to be ranked preseason number one and not even make the NCAA tournament. So yep, fun fact. that's right. <laughs> fun fact. And meanwhile, uh, Purdue was unranked and ended up at number one for much of the season as well. Yes. So kind of interesting rankings team. Not so hot this year. By the way, have you seen Purdue star Zach Eady or Eddie? Yes. The I've watched him. He's massive. Tree. He is, he is a massive, massive man. He's not some tall, lanky dude either. He's oh, he's solid. He's a big dude. He he's can literally dude. just dunk it standing up. <laughs> yeah, just found him. I, I was I made the uh, the comment that it looked like he was playing pool basketball. <laughs> I saw him play. It looks like me in the swimming pool whenever I'm going up, just dunking yeah. like, like yeah, basically sitting on the rim. It's unbelievable. Yeah, um, but unanimous All American, the only unanimous All American this year. Makes sense. Okay, uh, number three, don't pick a conference tournament champion to win mm. the whole thing. It's not like it doesn't happen, but it's less common than than more. So we're not giving favoritism to conference tournament champions. If they won, fine. But I think it was like seven out of twenty seasons, maybe 
um, the last time we checked. So less likely than likely that it will be a conference tournament champion. I don't think that data is something that Jamie looked at much of. Um, we said pick one or two number one seeds to make the final four. So the, st the statistics said that uh, the chance of like zero was like pretty unlikely. One and two were around the like 40-ish uh, percent range. Mm -hmm. And then like three number ones was really rare, you know, 10 to 12% maybe. And four number ones has only happened once in the last 20 years. So it was the most likely scenario that one or two of your final four teams are going to be number one seeds. True. Did, you, did your data say anything different from that? Did your data? What does your data say? Wait, the Look at your data right now. What does it say? I got two number one seeds in my final four, so okay. I agree. Okay. Yep. Okay. I'm without. Okay. All right, pick a 13 seed to win a game. All right, so this is a tough one because, boy, these are lesser known teams. You're going for a real upset here, but it has happened frequently enough that we feel like out of the four matchups between 13 and four, we like one of them to win. We've got two this year that we're keeping our eyes on for different reasons. I like Furman. They're playing Virginia. Virginia keeps everybody close. I expect it to be a close game. Furman has a good track record of winning. They're from a small conference. They've got a couple of stud players. Virginia has a mixed bag in the tournament. They have been obviously the only number one seed to ever lose to a 16. <laughs> Just going to say. They've also won a championship in the last five years. So uh, Virginia is a both a dangerous team in both sides. Uh, Furman could be that team to upset them. The other option I like is Iona because the Rick Patino factor. And you see Patino <laughs> back in the tournament. He's playing UConn. An old Big East foe. I mean, you'd love. Obviously, he would love. It's a great narrative. I don't know that the stats back that up, but something to keep an eye on for sure. Stats Berman. don't care about Rick Pitino or <laughs> stats don't like him. <laughs> All right, then. that's the great thing about them. So I, Berman. I disagree on this one. We'll see. <laughs> okay, you don't have any 13s winning. I have no 13s winning. No right. 13s. Furman's actually their first time in the tournament, so good for them. Uh, yeah, 13s. It's interesting because obviously, and we're we're going to talk about it a little bit. Actually, it's coming up next. The 12 seed is always the classic upset that everyone wants to pick. But I mean, the 13 seed is not too far behind in getting those upsets. Uh, they have won traditionally 36. Uh, they were 36 and 144 as of last year, which is not actually terrible for again for being a 13 seed. Because then when it drops to 14, it goes down to 24. I mean, 24 wins overall since 1985. Yeah. So uh, 13, and then obviously we're going to talk about 12 here in a second. But yeah, you know, 13. roughly one and four for the, the 13 seed, which exactly. is their four games of, of each of those. That's why we said pick one to win. Um, so then the 12 seed as well. We said pick one. This is actually a little bit controversial last year because I think the 12 seeded win is the most common picked in office pools. I think you're most common in like 12s always beat fives. There's always a couple of them. The truth is, for our data at least, it was like one per season, you know, one per round uh, or per tournament. So don't go too crazy with your 12s. There's right. a possibility there have been years where three of them have won. I mean, it's certainly possible. Um, the 12s we're keeping an eye on this year. I like Charleston. They're 31 and three. Any team that wins that many games, you think of some of these teams like Murray State in the past. You think of like the Wichita State teams in the past who come from the Missouri Valley. These teams that come from the small conferences but win almost every single game on their on their um, schedule. There's something about the team knowing how to win. Um, they could they could upset somebody. Um. We like uh, Oral Roberts here as well. Um, Oral Roberts has a lot of the stats that Jamie's looking for. Unfortunately, they play Duke, so I'll let her get into that as well. Yeah, Oral <laughs> Roberts was going to be like when I did when I did everything. It was you know a number twelve seed that was coming up over and over again in the top fifteen teams. But it all depends on your matchup. So when I actually went in to fill out the bracket, I, my intention was to take Oral Roberts, but. The numbers did not support it. And the hardest thing, what broke my heart the most about it is because it's Duke that they are playing. And so <laughs> I will be rooting against the data actively on this one. 
Fair. <laughs> I chose based on the data, but I will be actively cheering for Oral Roberts in that game. I want them to prove me wrong. Yes. I need a flaw in this algorithm. Well, I, I did my own algorithm this morning, and Oral Roberts made it to the Elite Eight. So just going to say <laughs> that. Just going to say uh, that. But so here's the thing about 12 seeds. So usually it's like, all right, you're, you're usually going to pick at least one or two to, to win the first round. But then once they make it to the second, where they're going to be more than likely playing a four seed, it's they don't have a terrible record. They're overall in history. They're 13 and 29 against the four seed, which again, you know, comparatively, that's not terrible. Uh, and then beyond that, they are 0 and 20 against the one. So kind of write that off there. Uh, don't want them to go too far. Don't have to go, so, yeah. <laughs> if you do, if you have a good feeling about a 12, Sweet 16 is a possibility because they have that good record against the four. I think VCU is another name. So Oral Rob or uh, Charleston and VCU are probably my most likely. Oral Roberts, again, would have been a nice pick, but I think Duke's going to be a tough out in the first round. And that's supported by another one of our metrics here later. Yes. yes okay. Sir. Pick two number 11s to win. So one of them, we are probably going to choose one of the play-in games. We mentioned that. Jamie's yep. picked both the play-in games, so she's covered there. I like one of the play-ins. I like, I'd like. i prefer the Nevada game, specifically, if Nevada wins uh, over Iowa State, I think, or over TCU. But um, I also like NC State over Creighton. And uh, Creighton has some good metrics, so this makes me a little bit nervous. But Big the NC State man. play... Goes back to another one of our points. We're gonna make we're make up here uh, point number fifteen. So stay tuned on that one. But <laughs> like tuned. State over Creighton as well. Not a data driven, but uh, there are some historical precedents here. Yes, and overall the number eleven seed is ninety eight and one hundred and sixty four. And in that first round matchup against the six, they are sixty and one hundred four. So not terrible, but it's still a good bet to get at least one. And here we're saying pick two because, especially with with one being that play in game guy. So watch out for the elevens. That's right. Likewise, pick two number 10s to win against the sevens. This is more of a toss-up type of a game. Um, I personally, this year, I don't love the 10s. There's one of them that I'm okay with and one of them that I'm forcing myself to pick. But uh, Jamie loves one of the 10s. I love... Is it Penn State? No. <laughs> it's not. It's Utah State. Go Aggies. Go I Aggie. have them going pretty dang far. They're actually uh, going all the way to my Elite Eight, I believe. Wow. So I, the data loves them. They love the Aggies and their matchups are actually pretty preferential to them. So Utah State, okay. it is for me. They're, they're pretty much my clincher. If they, if they lose, I'm, I'm pretty much out of this whole thing. <laughs> wow. Okay. Just so like you that. have Utah State made to the Elite Eight. So that means you have them obviously winning their first round game against the seven. And then, uh -huh. uh, so In historically Arizona. speaking against the two seed, the 10 does not have a bad record. They are 22 and 40 overall historically against the two uh -huh. seed. So there you go. Too bad. There you go. Arizona is a hot number two. I and like then, it for different reasons, but but then that's crazy be an interesting enough, game in this house, the Utah State Arizona game. Assuming so Utah State can get past Missouri, get past that Missouri. Way. So then, if you take it a step further against the three seed, obviously it's a it's a smaller sample size, but they're four and nine, so forty four percent chance to win that game too. So it hey. could be Baylor. So look out, Utah State. State's got they got to run. Miami did it last year. If you want historical precedent. Miami so did it last year. Yep. Uh, that's a that's an ACC team. We're going to get to them in a minute, but it can happen, and it has happened. It has. All right, the eight nine game is a toss up, but yeah. don't pe don't pick a nine to beat a one for whatever reason. <laughs> Eights can beat ones. Nines don't. Nines pick cannot. One. Uh, what happened last year? This was one of our best calls of the entire tournament. Was we said if an eight beats a one, take them all the way to the final four. And North Carolina, North Carolina. Eight to beat a one, and they yep. went all the way to the championship game and honestly should have won the game. So 
So uh, we, were, we were right on that call. Historically, once they get past that hurdle, they have pretty favorable matchups against four or five and against two, three as well. So historically, the eight, nine is literally a toss up. It's 87, 81 uh, in favor of the eight. So again, that's a coin flip. Now, once you get to the one seed, the nine seed is historically eight and 73. <laughs> so not great. Um, not whereas the eight, you know, it's not that much better, but it's better. The eight is t- is uh, historically eighteen and seventy one, yeah. so double what double what me, the uh, nine was. <laughs> what you're telling me is there's a chance. There's a chance. <laughs> I I feel like the eight over the one happened last year. We're probably not going to get one this year. The only one I am looking at is Memphis. I think Memphis is a kind of a dangerous eight seed, mm-hmm. and I think Purdue is a vulnerable one seed as well. Unfortunately, as much as I love the Boilers, so I am keeping my eyes on Memphis. There are some brackets where I've taken Memphis to make a nice little run. Okay. Um, just based on some of the talent they've got and their positioning, but I don't know about the Penny. others. Not in love. Penny Hardaway. I'm a huge I fan. Say, so Jamie took out the Rick Patino effect. What about the Penny Hardaway effect? Does that have any any effect? If Patino nope. doesn't have an effect, I don't think Penny does. They're going to give it up Jamie for a legend. Care. Yeah, it doesn't care. He does not care about Penny. Little, what about Little Penny? He was the best. I mean, that was my hamster's Penny. name, Little Penny. <laughs> it's true. Okay. That Penny. is true. Right. Um, okay, so. Wait, time out. But little penny, what about little sweet? I love little sweet now. That, it could be. It could have been our gecko's name, actually. Yeah. Justin Guarini, shout out, American Idol. There we go. <laughs> okay, thanks, thanks Justin Guarini, American Idol. Just kidding. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what do we think? Uh, is Memphis going to beat Purdue? Nah, probably not. Skip says. Okay, Theta says now. Um, pick one number seventeen seven team to win two games so we had a we had a trend here where when sevens beat tens there was a good enough odds at least a one and four or one and three that they were going to beat the two as well um yes. so we've got a lot of options here but the two that i'm most interested in personally texas a&m is going to potentially face texas in the second round if they get through it's an in-state rivalry i'm not sure what the numbers say jamie will back me up on this or not back me up on this but uh texas doesn't have a head coach anymore that happened mid-season so I don't know. Well, I could have been misreading it, but I think the interim who might be the official new head coach might've won coach of the year because of all the turmoil, but probably anyway. you yeah. darn well should have. Yeah. They came and won the, they did come and win the big 12 title they did win the big 12. Uh, championship at least. So something there. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things, again, one of the drawbacks of the data is that it doesn't take into account things like, you know, head coaching changes and things like that late in the season, unless it shows up in their numbers. Same thing as injuries. So that's one of the big things that is probably going to be my downfall here, but I'm, I'm trying to stick with the integrity of the data, but I've got Texas winning that game. Texas winning that game. Yeah. The other one I I was, I was open to was Michigan state over Marquette. And um, the more I looked into into Marquette, the more I was impressed by them, but pretty good. You've got Izzo in the tournament and you've got a team that shoots lights out from three. That's dangerous in the tournament as well. They could be streaky, hot or cold, uh, but those are the two that I'm keeping my eyes on. So once again, if we're looking historically at the seven seed, uh, if once they get past the ten, which they have a favorable, it's 101 to 67 uh, over the ten. Once they make it to the two seed, it's 30 to 68. Uh, so you know you're talking one and four right there, or it's one and three. One and three, ish. really about. So yeah, that's there. That's possible. Thing. If they ever play the four seed, they're four and two against them. So that's Boom. great. Boom, crush it. That, that would be like an Elite Eight matchup. That would be <laughs> yeah. Michigan State all the way. Okay, um, so the two games that are kind of toss-ups in the later rounds, the three and six and the four and five, both kind of toss-ups. Ones do really well against fives and pretty good against fours, uh, but fives have a tough time beating ones specifically. 
Um, so once you get to that point, I think the point we made last time was if you have a bunch of one, four, three, six, you know, combos like that, flip a coin, you know, take it, take a six somewhere and just say, Hey, why not? You know, don't, don't just stick to the higher seed in those cases. The data doesn't flip a coin. <laughs> the <laughs> data is coins. Flipping coins is all about flipping data. Coins. The data does not believe in may the odds no. ever be in your favor. Did never saw the hunger games. No. What does your data say about threes and sixes? Who's going? Who's yeah. not going? Like it depends, tags, it right? depends completely. I, it's not about the seed number specifically. It's uh, my data is more about the specific team. So remember it's blind resumes. Yeah. <laughs> any given team. Let's see. Threes and sixes. I don't know if I have any three, six matchups. matchups. Wow. Where would okay. I? Oh, uh, I've got Baylor beating Creighton. And I've got Kansas State beating Kentucky. Yeah. I'm not calling any of those upsets. Okay. Oh, so. All three. Four, five. You've got a no. four. A four. You've got a five in uh, Duke beating Tennessee. You've got mm-hmm. a four in UConn. Go back up. Who's your other four or five if you have them? <laughs> Who's your other four or five? Miami, Indiana. She's got the four there, and she's got San Diego State over Virginia. So she's a split on fours and fives. Yep. Okay. That's good. That's fair. Okay. Um, point number 13. Number two seeds are 35 and 41 against number ones in the Elite Eight. So if, if you get to the end of the region and it's one versus two, that's also kind of a toss up. Mm-hmm. So might as well listen to the rest of these trends to see if you've got something that you like in here or follow data pants over here. <laughs> see what she thinks. She doesn't care well, about seeds. So she's not yeah. going to have an opinion on that. But um, the one that I'm looking at here personally is Arizona and Bama. That's, that's one of the regions I've got a one, two matching up. And I like Arizona a lot for a lot of reasons, including data specifically, but um, that's the only one, two I've got in my whole bracket. So Bama, Bama seems to be everyone's kind of favorite right now, even though I feel like this is the year where there isn't an overwhelming like, yep, this is the team. Um, but if there would be one, I think people, a lot of people are chirping about Bama, even though they've had their own off-court issues, potentially yeah. a Moida. Um, but Moida. <laughs> I'm not going to that. Uh, but uh, interesting fact about the twos, I was listening and I was talking to Camper Off Air about this. I was listening to ESPN Radio this morning. And they were talking that the suit, the twos are actually one of the softest top seeds in the sense that uh, historically speaking, since 1985, only six times have all four two seeds made it to the sweet 16. So that's I thought that was a very, 16, you know, that's the sweet 16. That just means getting surviving the first weekend. And that's yep. only six times has it happened that all four two seeds have made it. Uh, so I just thought that was kind of interesting. But then if they continue to win, watch out, because then obviously when they play one, a coin toss yeah and that kind of speaks to to the seven beating twos occasionally narrative as yeah. well so there's yep. there's uh, opportunity there for sure and also i mean the one's got to get there too they both got to get there but it's going to be arizona that doesn't make it <laughs> utah state she's all in on utah state that's going to be the game in this house it's that gets pretty contentious i love it I love when arizona's it. up 30 at halftime i think can, you, can I just be live there. live streamed in for when you guys watch that game can we're I gonna be... live it we'll, we'll yeah we'll, uh, okay. we'll live, like on live tweeting live tweeting <laughs> okay um 14 so we there's a lot of we had some fun with this but the big 10 has been the runner-up seven <laughs> of the last 21 tournaments so many times so, point 14 is the same as it was last year which is take purdue to be the runner-up <laughs> <laughs> i don't know that i love that this year uh, although they are one seed and they do fit most of the other metrics as well but um yeah i mean i'd love to see them in the championship i, I would hate to see them lose but uh, it could be purdue keep that in mind Big Ten's done really well to get to the uh, to get to the runner-up stage. It Number fifteen. Well, Go okay, go with fifteen because I'll I'll talk about Purdue again to kind of combo those two things. Yeah. So fifteen, 
This is what I kept saying. Like, I like NC State. Miami had that big run. Look out for Duke. The ACC crushes it in this tournament. It is far and away the most winning conference in this tournament. <clears throat> Unless you're Wake Forest. Unless you're Wake Forest. <laughs> and that includes Why do you have Wake to go Forest there? one and dones, right? That includes all the years that Wake Forest has underachieved their seed. I'm just saying. The ACC still has a 66% win percentage in this tournament. And they, they far outproduce their seed on an annual basis. Not every single one of the teams. But historically speaking, they are the most likely to take a team from a 10, like Miami did last year, to the Final Four or Elite Eight. So you're saying they, they far outproduce their seed, eh? They do. <laughs> Let's just no. say they're carried by some certain teams we will not mention. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Uh, yes. Kemmer mentioned that. It's 66% overall in the history of the tournament. They have a 66 uh, winning percentage. Uh, we talked about the Big Ten, Purdue being potential runner-up. They are third, right behind them at 60.1% winning percentage, which is the third highest. The, the Big East is second uh, with only 61. So there's a, a big jump from one to two, but then two and three are right there. And then there's a big drop-off from third overall to fourth, where the Big 12 is at 57.9%. So the, it's Big 10 is getting wins, and they've had record numbers of teams making it, but they just can't get that that final championship. You know, last Big 10 champion was Michigan State back in 2000. Uh, historically, there's only been three champions out of the Big Ten. So it's pretty wild. Whereas if you go to the ACC, it's uh, 13. <laughs> it's 13. Cleaves. Yeah, the um, it was the ACC and the Big East made up 15 of the 20 previous champions yeah. as of last year. And I mean, that was just insane to, to hear, to see that and to remember that. And so the Big East, we've considered a major conference when it comes to basketball because yep. they have such strong history and they, they perform so well and they're so competitive. But it's really the ACC and the Big East have dominated and um, the stats back that up too. So I'm looking at, again, unfortunately, I'm looking at Duke, uh, especially when they're a five seed. I think it's easy for them to outperform their seed. They should have been a three. So they're, I think they're going to very easily make it to the Sweet 16 and potentially beyond. I think Miami, another five seed who won the ACC this year, regular season, has got a strong chance to outproduce their seed. They get Indiana potentially in the second round. Um, they could give Houston some trouble if they make it there as well in the Sweet 16. And then NC State, I mentioned as an 11, um, in part because I just think the ACC knows how to prepare for this kind of stuff based on the comp level of competition they play every every uh, week. But I've got NC State winning at least one game as an 11 too. So that's what my data says. That's what my data says. Jamie does not, she doesn't have a drop down <laughs> for a conference. I don't. So it does not matter to her. Nope. Again, blind resume. Blind resume. <laughs> okay. And the last of these savory 16 points is three of your final four teams need to have been ranked in the preseason top 25. And that really narrows it down for you based on all <laughs> the we've given you. Because it's it's 75% or more of final four teams over the last 20 years have been preseason top 25 teams. And so when you're looking at your bracket, find three teams that you really like, as long as they match up and they were in the preseason top 25, send them all the way. Okay. And I'll give you the preseason top 25 real quick. As you mentioned, nor number one, North Carolina. Go. You had Gonzaga, Houston, Kentucky, Kansas, Baylor, Duke, UCLA, Creighton, and Arkansas. That was your top 10. Arkansas. You Arkansas top 10. You've got Tennessee, Texas, Indiana, TCU, Auburn, those are all tournament teams. Villanova didn't make it. Arizona, Virginia, San Diego State, Bama. Oregon, uh, Bama. Bama was 20, preseason number 20. Oregon, Michigan, Illinois, no. Dayton, and Texas Tech. So a bunch of those at the end there didn't make it. Um, but all the way up to Alabama, I mean, you're, most of those teams made the tournament and have a legitimate chance of making it pretty far. 
any of those that were ranked could be in your final four. So uh, three of my four are on that list. Purdue is the only one that isn't. Yeah. Who's that? Utah State? Purdue. Oh, Purdue. Yeah, Utah State. <laughs> Purdue. And, and Purdue is really only there because I didn't want to take Duke that long, that far. But <laughs> yeah. so you, so. you screwed the data on that one. You're like, no. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't screw the data. I just modified the algorithm. the numbers again. Crunch a crunch again. I, re, I repressed <laughs> the button to recrunch them, and it turns out, uh, yeah, Purdue beats Duke. <laughs> okay. okay. Fair. All right, Very Ethan, fair. give us a profile of a champion. If you're looking for your champion, what are the key stats you should be looking for per yes. our, our data? So you have our, our savory 16. So that's your profile of a winning bracket. But for your profile of champion, you have to be ranked in the preseason top 10. Okay. Then after that, you have to be ranked in the top 10 of the final ranking. So yeah, preseason top 10 is great. But as you see, doesn't really necessarily mean too much, aka North Carolina. So the ranks hop in the final top 10 rankings. Uh, you have to be a number one seed, you know, overall, because the number one seeds have won, and I can tell you that real quick, 24 championships since 1985. So that's that's pretty pretty big number. Pretty More big. than half. Yep. More than half. Uh, and then, or you want to be a number three seed because, you know, the two seeds won five times, the three seeds won four times. So, I mean, they're right there. So if you're not a one, maybe look at the three. Uh Obviously, as we talked about, the ACC being performers very, very well in this NCAA tournament. So, you know, preference to the ACC or the Big East. Historically, those have been the best conferences uh, for basketball. So maybe give them a little nudge. We're not going to. Jamie's just covering her ears right now. because, like, no, I don't care where they're from. It doesn't no matter. No data involved. <laughs> so if, you're, if it's the ACC, not a conference tournament champion. But if it's the Big East, we're open to conference tournament champions again. It's just mild. It's wild. This is madness. That's it was wild. weird. The last ACC, the last ACC team to win the conference tournament championship and the national championship was a 2010 Duke team. Other than that, the ACC tournament champion has not oh, been the overall champion. True. Well, who won it this year? Duke. Watch out. I know. I know. Ooh, that, makes so that, one that makes them a tough choice, right? <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Kemp, who, fit, who fits the bill of this profile? Based on this profile and taking away the conference affiliation because we don't have a one right. seed from the ACC uh, or the Big East, actually. So right. we're looking at uh, Gonzaga as a three. They, they do fit the bill for preseason top 10 and final top 10. Houston and Kansas are my most likely. They're ones and three seeds. Uh, those are the most likely champions. I'm gravitating toward Houston and Kansas personally. Uh, I think Gonzaga's route to get there is brutal. They've got to go through UCLA and Kansas, not to mention potentially Houston. And they uh, always blow it. And they always blow it, right? There you go. Um, I do have some other possibilities. So UCLA is a possibility as a two seed. So that was one thing that knocked them. The other thing is obviously the big injury to one of their starting guards. Yep. Um, that hurt my confidence because I was going to be pretty big on them as well. Um, I think that hurts them quite a bit. There are some slump busters in here. So we did this last time, but for reasons that go against the data, but we still think they've got a shot. Duke is one of them. They did not finish in the final top 10, but they were preseason top 10. Mm -hmm. They were a conference tourney champ, which can help or hurt. In the ACC, it has historically kind of hurt. Um, but anyway, they're, they're a possibility. Baylor is a possibility as well. Didn't finish in the top 10. In the final top 10, they were preseason top 10. And then Texas and Alabama are two high seeds that have a lot of other factors going for them. They weren't in the preseason top 10. Bama was number 20, as we said. So for me, that, that automatically just, you're done. You know, but if you want to if you want to bust that slump, if you really feel that strongly about them, they at least have the other metrics going for them. All right. 
Slump, I like it. Slump busters. Slump busters. Slump busters. What say right, you? So talk about talk about your. Oh, sorry. We're going to Jamie's profile of a champion. Or... I want to hear. I want to hear what she's got for her. Um, well, her top teams here. My my top number one team based on the data was yeah. UCLA. So I almost shouldn't say that. I kind of like almost want to take that back because now everybody knows who my champion is in our pool. But ah. uh, I picked UCLA. And I picked it because they have a really good win percentage. They had high strength of schedule. They uh, have a really high profit or uh, margin of winning. Profit margin. Here profit I go. Margin. Here I go. <laughs> profit margin. So, uh, a really high margin of winning. I'm a big fan of margin. So the more margin, the better. Um, they, meaning they win by a lot. Um, they don't have a whole ton of turnovers. They have a really good free throw percentage. They kind of check all the boxes. Now I found out today after telling Kemper this, this is one of the things the data doesn't show, right? Is injuries. So that's something that I decided, you know what, we're going to let it stand because if you start kind of adjusting for, you know, subjective things like that, then it becomes really difficult to rely on the data. So we're just going to let the data speak and see what happens. But UCLA is my number one. Um, And then I've also got, who they uh, beat? I never went I'll stick with that. I just want to know who they beaten. Are they beaten Purdue or Utah state? Uh, they are beating Purdue. Ooh, there it is. Purdue is a runner-up. That fits okay. our model. So oh, perfect. No, I'm wrong. No, I'm wrong. It's Alabama. Alabama. Now, Alabama-UCLA is my final game. Okay. Alabama fits the model as well as a potential. Well, so my, my data final four is Alabama-Purdue, Texas-UCLA, which doesn't fit with some of your rules because that's two one-seeds against each other and two two-seeds against each other. And apparently I should be picking a three, but I'm going with, I'm going with okay. it. It's okay. Top three seeds all right. are all pretty fair game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I guess we speaking of Purdue, which is not in Jamie's final game, but let's talk about the profile of a runner-up. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The runners-up have historically been preseason top 25 as well, and so Purdue is going to have some trouble with this one because they were not ranked in the preseason. They were number one for much of the season, but they yes. did not start there. That's going to be difficult. They will be ranked in the top 10 of the final ranking, so that goes to the top three seeds narrative. They're most often a one, two, or three seed. There is a weird preference for the Big Ten. Seven of the last 21. One-third of the last runners-up have come from one conference, the Big Ten. So for whatever reason, they keep popping out teams that get there and can't quite get the job done. Um, There is a recent preference for conference tournament champions as well. Once again, Purdue fits that bill. So you think Purdue is going to be the obvious choice here. They're actually in the slump busters category. They were not preseason ranked. So that would be the one slump they'd have to bust to get through there. But if they can get past that one thing holding against them, uh, they could be there. The teams that we think do fit the bill, and this actually support is supported by the data Maybe. too. Alabama is a one seed. They were top t- top twenty five preseason. They were number twenty. They were top ten in the final rankings. Obviously, number one. And they're a one seed so, and a conference champion. Gonzaga, uh, top top twenty five preseason, top ten in the final rankings. They're a three seed and a conference champion. champion. Yep. Kansas, one seed, top twenty five preseason, top ten final rankings. Not a tournament not champion. Tournament champion. Arizona, top 25 preseason, top 10 final rankings, two seed, and a tournament champion. So those teams are the most likely to finish in the runners-up per the data there. Uh, As the possibilities, and and I kind of jumped the gun on Kansas here because they were not tournament champion, uh, Kansas, UCLA, Houston, Baylor, and Duke all fit the rest of this, like top top 25 preseason, top 10 in the final rankings, or close to it. Uh, Duke was 12, Baylor was 11, I think. But Houston, UCLA, they're top 10 as well. Um, you've got some conference champions there. Houston did not win. Baylor did not win. Duke did win. So it's kind of a mixed bag on those possibilities. They don't fit as perfectly. Okay. Well, 
I think for our viewers at home that we need to post both of your brackets somewhere because this is going to be spectacular. Uh, <laughs> I have we'll a fight new, it out. Yes. And it's going to be amazing. Um, and I can't wait to watch that Utah state game to see how many things get broken or not broken. They got to uh, beat Missouri first. <laughs> this is true, but the data supports it. So it's going to happen. Yeah. Arizona's going to beat Princeton first to be fair. True. Very you never true. know about the Ivy League teams. They're very, they're good on the fundamentals. I'll say if I'm winning, I'll be back next week to gloat <laughs> a little bit. If I'm not, you will never see me again here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was never here. Well, <laughs> let's be honest. If you're winning, Kemper ain't going to let you back. Are you serious? <laughs> like, yeah, I laugh. control this podcast. It's Cave Troll on the mic. Okay. <laughs> Ethan will give me the link. It's fine. <laughs> it's like tuning in from Cabo. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> We have a surprise guest for Kemper. Oh, it's your <laughs> wife who beat you. <laughs> it is All right, wife. I'm going to go ahead, and what I did not do last year, and I'm going to go ahead and put my money where my mouth is and give my Elite Eight teams mm. Final Four and Champions, okay? Let's go. Okay. So I like Alabama and Arizona to come out of their region in the South. I like Arizona to win that game. And Jamie's definitely typing this. He's like, I'm confirming Jamie's this. Like, I am just making sure. He's got Bama, just not Arizona. All right, in the East, I like Duke and Marquette, and I like Duke to make the Final Four over Marquette. I don't like it. I shouldn't say like. Yeah, it's I was going to say. Word. I predict. I don't like. It, but I predict it. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it at all. In the Midwest, I've got Houston and Xavier. Uh, I like Texas a lot, but I I think they could have trouble with A and M, and they could have trouble with Xavier. Xavier is a data darling. Da- Xavier does pretty well with the data. The data that I crunched, at least. As I say, so, James, I'm looking James at James like right? not over Texas. They don't. Uh, but the they don't have a coach anymore. Data uh, supports Xavier over Texas for me. <laughs> and the seven's got to beat a two. I'm thinking maybe AM does it. Uh, I have Houston winning that game and making it to the final four. And then I've got Kansas and Gonzaga. I liked UCLA a lot for a lot of the reasons Jamie probably liked them too. The injury is just enough for me to give the Zags the edge there. But I've got Kansas making the final four. So I have Kansas versus Houston. I have Duke versus Arizona. I like Arizona to make it to the championship. And I'm going in this bracket with Houston, and I'm taking Houston to win it all. I like this bracket, hedge and bitch, with my 30 other brackets. Obviously, I've exactly. Got so he can so always can say always he won. Claim that I always, every this time. This is the official fold in the cheese March Madness bracket right. for me. Yeah. The one you're claiming okay. for this. this. Claiming. Okay, so no, no more mention. If he tries to mention in my other bracket, just <laughs> but in my other one, 17 brackets to hedge bets. I here. nailed that in one bracket. <laughs> I predicted that 16 seed a lot in my 39th bracket. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's see your elite eight. Data, Me? data okay, lady. Data, data elite eight is okay. Where uh, Alabama, Utah State. Let's go. There they are. There they are. Uh, Houston, Texas. There's a one, two. Texas, uh, Purdue, and Marquette. You took Duke. I'm really surprised that you took Duke over Purdue. I didn't want to, but I didn't want to either. Clearly, I, yeah. Okay, that's the, that one. I will say, we both want Oral Roberts to win. We are, and we, we think are both they could in the cheering. first round. Really, what's their mascot? Go what? Oral Roberts. What are they? They're some kind of bird, right? They're yeah. a bird. Uh, yeah. I can't think. Like I can't. like the, Le- the like chickens. the Lehigh Mountain Hawks. Yeah, yeah. that's a 15 seed. Who called that one in their bracket? Yeah, this she did. one right here. Jamie has a history of taking Duke to lose the first round, I no do. matter what their seed is, no matter who they play. I do. I have. Oh. I do have a gut bracket too. I did do a gut bracket just to see. A like I'm bracket. almost comparing my gut bracket versus my data bracket. See, and yeah. Duke loses in the very first round of my gut Ooh. bracket. So okay. go Pearl Roberts. Uh, uh, the, okay, Oral so, Roberts. Are they? The Golden oh, Eagle. I'm not done. Golden Eagle. The Golden Eagle. Oh, Roberts is. Give us a break. 
Okay, Golden <laughs> go Golden Eagles. My podcast. Get off my podcast. See, birds. Birds, birds though, have a Duke really has trouble with birds. Duke has a lot of trouble with birds. So we need to figure out how they sound. Maybe we get that app, the Merlin app, and figure out what out the, the call app. is for that bird. And then but how about so um, speaking of bird mascots, St. Joseph's, you know, there's the hawks. The mascot literally just flaps his wings the entire game. Can you imagine having to do that? Want to my that shoulders mascot. would be so spent on that. Oh my god! Oh. Sorry. Oh my god. Continue, okay. Jamie. Purdue, Marquette, and then Kansas, UCLA. Those are my elite eight. Final four, like I said, Alabama, Purdue, Texas, UCLA. Final game, Alabama versus UCLA, with UCLA the winner. Right. She has three one-two regions, which is smart, honestly. If you just don't know much about brackets, just take the high seeds in most cases, and maybe pick a few upsets. The data agrees that, that way it's for smart. a reason, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. All right. We're well, trying to get a seat on the tournament selection committee is what mm-hmm. she's trying to get here. Yep. <laughs> that would be kind of sweet. Uh, all right. So everyone heard it here first. We got the troll matchups. We'll see who will reign supreme if Jamie will be invited back or not. Uh, very <laughs> exciting. <laughs> so Skip is saying she will not. Uh, yeah, it's the best time of the year. March Madness is here. Finally, we got the first four games going on tonight. Uh, pool boys are rip roaring right now, so we got lots of clients going to be filming some recap videos going over that, which is going to be spectacular. Maybe we'll have Jamie be a guest spot when those golden eagles upset the dukies, and we'll have her. Uh, I'm ready, flapper. I, no I will buy all the Oral Roberts gear that exists on this planet. There are three t shirts from 1987 <laughs> Oral Roberts uh, racquetball championship, and she's gonna have it. She's all gonna that, have them all. That's amazing. So, fun fact this is when I was working at Central Michigan. Uh, the first round of the tournament, Northern Iowa was playing Michigan State. And I feel like it was a very big seed discrepancy. So my buddies and I thought it'd be, these were all people who weren't from Michigan at the time. We thought, oh, let's go to the sports bar dressed in Northern Iowa gear. It's going to be spectacular. We almost got in like 10 fights. We learned the Northern <laughs> Iowa fight song. Uh, we had lots of stuff thrown at us. And actually, it was a good game. Michigan State won. But uh, those Northern Iowa. Northern yeah. Iowa. Kurt Warner. <laughs> Look out. <laughs> watch out so anyway okay fair enough yeah fun fact fun fact uh so yeah i can't believe it i love it we crunched all the numbers jamie's got all of her metrics the bland resumes if you will uh versus our savory 16 so we're gonna be watching the games see what happens we'll see if jamie's invited back but until next time keep on folding. hold it hold it